Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light, go farther, stay longer. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundation's podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. I'm your host, Tony Peterson. And today, I'm going to talk about how you can become a better hunter this year. But you're going to have to get out of your own way to do it. It's the new year. Another lap around the old nuclear generator in the sky has passed. And we're a little older and a little wiser you know, than the last time we celebrated this totally made-up milestone, right? For some of us, the new year means that deer season is over. For others, there might be a few weeks or a month or so left. But generally, we're looking at a lot more in the rearview mirror than we are you know, out in front of us through the windshield. This is as good of a time as any to reflect on what happened last year, but also to really figure out how we want this season to go. It might seem like you have months and months to get your act together on that front, but you don't. And I'm going to tell you why right now. I know I talk about this topic a lot, so bear with me. I'm going somewhere with it. You probably can't predict where, but I want to start with this statement. My wife has a lot of great qualities, but she's also a giant pain in the ass. If you're wondering if she feels the same way about me, you're wrong. There's no way she would admit that I have great qualities. One of the reasons she's hard to handle is that her memory is unreal. I hate it. I can't remember anything because I pickled my brain with Jim Beam for way too long, but she's like an elephant. In memory, not uh any other way. She breezed through multiple levels of education on academic scholarships while I took the five-year path to just barely getting a worthless four-year degree. 
I don't know if you've ever been around someone with an insanely accurate memory, but the people who have it tend to succeed in life. The ability to retain information when coupled with the willingness to learn new things is a sure way to open some doors in life that most folks would gladly walk through. It also can be a great deceiver. You see, my bride has a doctorate in exercise science. If you want to know weird facts about human anatomy, she's your gal. In fact, she recently explained to me what the palmaris longus muscle is and why the tendon of that muscle is important to college and major league baseball pitchers. Somewhere along the long timeline of human development, we needed to climb a lot more than we do now. In what has taken hundreds of thousands of years, some of us have retained this muscle and some of us haven't. If you're a pitcher who needs Tommy John surgery and you have it, you're in luck. It's like a spare part right there for you. You know, kind of like having that spare tire on your truck when you're antelope hunting and get that not so fun warning on your dash's display that you're about to have to dig out the jack and lay down in a dusty gravel road. If you don't have the palmaris longus muscle, surgeons are going to have to root around in other areas of your body to find a suitable tendon if you want to revive your pitching career. My wife knows this kind of stuff, and she brings it up often in random conversations. She also, and this is probably technically true, is an expert in exercise, largely due to how much she knows about how our bodies work. She could sit down and tell you exactly how to develop certain muscles or how to get your body into the Krebs cycle to burn fat instead of sugar or any number of things. Academically, she's pretty tough to beat in this category, but in the real world, it's not so simple. What I mean by that is she'll often tell me how to run to achieve certain benefits or meet certain goals, but she doesn't really run a whole lot. I do, and it drives me nuts. My sweet spot for yearly miles is 700 now, which is my goal every year. I've run as much as 1,100 miles in a single year, but that proved to be too much. I say this to demonstrate something. My wife has far more knowledge on running than I do, but I have far more experience. If you wanted to start running, you'd probably think she'd be a better source, but I probably am. Honestly, I've gone from not running at all and being pretty out of shape to running an occasional half marathon just to prove I can't all while putting on the miles every week for nearly a decade now. So what does that mean? It means that there's a wide gap between practical or accepted knowledge and putting that knowledge into real-world use. There is no substitute for experience. An overweight doctor can tell you exactly how to lose weight by figuring out how to put yourself in a caloric debt, but they maybe have never actually done it for themselves. There are many, many things that can't be learned from books and lectures. Now listen, I'm not shitting on academics or anyone. I'm just using this to make a point. Personal experience is so important. In hunting, you can read all day about certain tactics, or you can watch the hunting public guys blaze their way across the landscape while killing public land bucks in multiple states. You can see how it's done. You can take in a lot of information on hunting, but it's no substitute for actually hunting or scouting. This is something that is just missing in our world. I know this because people keep asking me about it. They'll email and say, 
I just want to know how to scout my little area of the country. But the truth is, the information is out there. I've personally probably created 7,000 pieces of content on scouting, but I can't scout for you. No one can. You can read about how to keep your adrenaline in check and how to go through a step-by-step shot process to never send a bad arrow toward a big buck, but that doesn't make you a stone-cold killer during the moment of truth. You have to get there through experience. I know this seems obvious, but I don't think it is. I don't think we actually acknowledge where we are most of the time on our hunting journeys. We fill in a lot of gaps with information from other people. Now, I'm not saying you can't listen to Andy May on a podcast and learn something about hunting that will be applicable to your situation, because you absolutely can. But you also won't have Andy May level success by listening to him just talk. He didn't get there by reading magazine articles about hunting, if you get my drift. The path that the hunting industry wants you to take, mostly, is a bad one. Now, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I believe it more and more as the years go by. I see this with some of my hunting buddies, and it's kind of weird. The dream is to own land and then develop that land into a whitetail haven. You know, put in your food plots and your brush screens, plant some apple trees, dig a pond, and then punctuate the whole endeavor with a mini house on metal stilts that costs nearly as much as it does to fund a Roth IRA for a year. That's the dream. But what it does for all involved is creates a situation with a ton of gravity that will pull you to that blind over and over and over and over again. It answers the questions you still need to ask. You know, couple this with the advice that the best way to kill a big one is to stay out of the woods until he gets too confident in his safety that he's going to move in daylight and bang, you're done. So what does that do? It convinces us to stop scouting aside from running trail cameras. It makes the decision-making process easy because we don't have to make a lot of decisions. Just go sit the blind. But wait, you also have to not hunt most of the time to make it work when you do want to hunt because the conditions are right. Now, if that's what you want, that blows the wind up your skirt, go for it. I honestly don't care how anyone else wants to hunt. I'm just making an observation. That method is a great way to consistently kill big bucks. But it's not a great way for a lot of people to actually enjoy hunting. And it's also a terrible way to get better at hunting. And some folks don't want to get better. They want to relax and kill deer. And that's great. But it's probably not you if you're listening to this. The rub here is the information you're consuming is coming from a lot of folks who want to hit the easy button as much as possible because their livelihood depends on them being an expert on hunting. And one way to appear to be an expert is to kill a lot of big bucks, no matter the difficulty level involved. Now, I'm not calling for an all-out revolt because my neck would be in the guillotine at some point, I'm sure. I'm asking you to look at last season. I'm asking you to look at what did you love about it? What did you hate about it? What nagging feeling do you have about what you should have done at one point or another? Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something. 
because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time, Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that Seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. And it's really simple. When you pour it into your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it do its job. Now you probably know someone who's used a can of Seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. Because people everywhere rely on it to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. So, help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Then think about this. It's blank slate time. It's January, so most of us have about nine months before we're going to suit up and hunt once again. What do those months in between mean to you? What do you want to do with them? So much of what we focus on is the physical side of things, like actively winter scouting or hanging stands or whatever. And I'm going to talk about all that stuff here in the next couple of months. But this right now is mostly a mental exercise because that's just what it should be. You know, just like running 1,100 miles in a year sounds like an awful lot of physical effort. It's mostly the mental side that gets you to that goal. Trust me. What do you want out of this year? And don't say, well, I want my first 140-inch deer because that doesn't matter. At least not yet. That's the wrong focus. That's like the guy who goes on his first public land elk hunt and spends all of his prep time thinking about how, you know, he's probably going to pass a 280 bull to kill a true 300. That's like wondering what you'll do with all the leftover cake when you haven't even brought the ingredients out yet and you don't even own an oven. 
If you're having trouble envisioning what I mean, let me break down what I know I'm going to work toward this year. I'm going to hunt elk in September, come hell or high water. This is the last year for over-the-counter tags in Colorado. So I'm planning on driving out there and competing with all those Michigan and Texas hunters who are also going to get in before the gates start to close. At least if I don't draw a New Mexico tag, that's my plan. And I probably won't. So I probably will head to Colorado. I'm going to work on a property I own too. So my little girls have another rock solid place to hunt that will feature a food plot and a blind and really the makings of me being a huge hypocrite for what I just said a little bit ago. In my defense, it's not for me but I see why you'd give me the suspicious side eye on that. I'm also going to keep working at two things, arrowing a big one in the big woods and figuring out how to kill a buck out of a cattail slough on public land. Those two environments couldn't be more different from each other or the typical places I hunt, but man, have they sunk their teeth into me. They kick my ass and I love it. I actually do because new is good. Different is good. Struggle is good. Remember that. Aside from those goals, I don't know where my hunting journey will take me this year, but they represent a pretty solid framework upon which I'll try to build a great year. The elk thing will keep me working out and will light a fire under my ass as September draws closer. The big woods goal will get me to winter and spring scout a ton, which I love, but I always need a little bit of motivation to go do. And that Western Minnesota cattail deer thing, I don't know what that'll do for me, but I bet it'll involve a lot of map work on OnX and at least a few off-season scouting trips. You know, and the food plot habitat work on my property will just give me a great excuse to load up the girls and the dogs this summer and go get things done, you know, while taking a few breaks here and there for some brook trout fishing and maybe a little ice cream. Will some of these things help me level up as a hunter? Probably not but some of them will. And I like that promise a lot. So dear listener, what are you going to do with this fresh year laid out before you? Are you content enough with your results over the last few seasons to do the same things you've always done? If so, carry on. But what if you want something different? What if that is just making your first good shot on a deer? How will you accomplish that? It won't be just through more time at the range, although that's certainly a good move. It's definitely also going to involve more scouting, more prep work for stands. Also, you can put yourself in a position to take that dreamy 15-yard broadside on a relaxed deer, which is one hell of a good way to make good shots. Is your goal to kill your first big one or some level of buck that is a step up from everything else you've shot? Good. Do that. And I'll give you a hint if you want to buy something to aid you on that journey. Get some more trail cameras. Just kidding. Buy some hiking boots. Use cameras all you want. But remember that it's time in the woods and boots on the ground that will give you the experience necessary to level up as a hunter. On this note, I should say something else. If you want to set a new goal for yourself this year, make it tough but attainable. Don't be the couch potato who decides he's going to run a marathon in six months because he won't get there. That's nearly a guaranteed failure. Don't be the hunter who has a few weekends to go each season who hunts public land and decides that it's 150 or nothing. Even in Iowa, which is candy land compared to every other state, that's a lost cause for most hunters. So figure out what would be a challenge deer for you, where you hunt, and with consideration to your life and your time available. 
Maybe that's your first two-year-old, which to a lot of people probably sounds dumb. But as someone who had to hunt hard for like 10 years before he killed a buck that wasn't a fawn or a year and a half old, I fully endorse that goal. Now, maybe it's your first mature buck. What does that mean? Is it a three-year-old 114-inch deer or something bigger and older? Ask yourself why you're picking that goal and what it would take for you to have a reasonable chance of getting there. Maybe it's not about buck size at all. I find myself in this world as venison becomes more and more important to me, where I'm not thinking about buck size as much as I'm thinking about how many pounds of venison I have in the freezer. So when I start the season, I tend to focus on the goal of how many deer my family will need to feed itself for a year. And that takes into account if I'll split meat with cameraman or give meat to a landowner who wants some or whatever. That goal is one that drives me hard. Hell, it nearly got me divorced during this latest muzzleloader season, but it all worked out in the end. So what's the goal, my friends? What's the best way for you to get lots of practical real-world experience out there where the wild things live? Instead of phoning it in for the next nine months and then hoping a new grunt call or a bottle of dopey will save your struggling ass next fall, make a plan to scout and hunt, shoot, whatever. So you don't need to rely on anything more than your ability to set yourself up where deer like to walk. Then maybe add some of that other stuff in later. At the very least, give this some thought. This is the time of year for it. It's not the general hunting knowledge that is everywhere that's going to help you kill more or bigger deer or even help you have more fun out there, which is probably the most important part. It'll be the work you dedicate yourself to, the discipline you bring to the table, and the realization that for you to get better at this stuff, it's going to take personal experience and a lot of it. Make that happen. And you know what? Just like finally getting to a point where you accept a six-mile run is nothing more than what you do on your lunch break, the work and stress of being a hunter will meet the enjoyment and feeling of contentment that is the back end of the hard stuff. When you get to that place, it's sweet, but it's just a stop on the journey. There is no ultimate goal. You'll never beat the final boss because there's always a new environment to hunt in. There's always a bigger deer out there or a chunk of public land that you've never hunted that is just worth hiking into. There's always something to do. Figure out how to do it. Come back next week, because I'm going to talk about the lay of the land and why you probably don't know as much as you think you do about the spots you hunt. So really, it's going to be a winter scouting episode that focuses heavily on what you should be looking for right now so you can reframe your thought process for next deer season. That's it for this week. I'm Tony Peterson. This has been the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. As always, I just want to thank each and every one of you for all of your support. You know, reading the articles, listening to the podcast, showing up at these Mediator Live events we've been doing, all this stuff. We, we really, really appreciate it. So thank you for that. If you want some more content, you know where to go, themediator.com. You can find all of our youtube series you can find all of our podcasts all of our articles maybe a recipe for some wild game you want to cook this this month whatever it's all there at themeateater.com i'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet 
you can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.